This episode of Stories of an Extraordinary Industry is brought to you by ABC Supply. Count on ABC Supply for the materials, the knowledge, and service to make every job successful. Visit abcsupply.com to find a location near you. Welcome to Stories of an Extraordinary Industry podcast, a production of the National Roofing Contractors Association. I am your host, Jared Ribble. Our goal with this episode is you would be proud of the great things being done in the roofing industry and that you might learn something through this extraordinary story. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you find it valuable, share it with one person that you think needs to hear it as well. Because you enjoy Roofing Industry Podcasts, make sure to check out Roofing Road Trips with Heidi Ellsworth, a podcast series from the Roofer's Coffee Shop. I've been a guest on her show a few times, and we have always had a great time. Here on Stories of an Extraordinary Industry, recently we told the story of NRCA's former chairman, Rod Petrick, through the podcast episode titled, Two Simple Words. Rod grew up in Chicago and still operates his roofing company there today. His story brought to light how Chicago area roofing companies are a unique breed in that while they compete for work, they also reach out and help each other. They share best practices. They give to each other. They share tools even. I find Chicago roofing contractors are unique in this way. Over the next two episodes, we are going to unpack where did this kinship come from and ask, can it be created in other cities? Let's peel back the layers of Chicago history, going back in time when horse hoofs clapped on the streets and gas lanterns lit dark paths and the railroad hadn't yet pierced the city. Let's go all the way back to 1847 when Chicago had only been incorporated for 10 years and had a population of less than 25,000 people. It is here we find a 16-year-old kid who moved to town with a hammer, ready to capitalize on a city about to boom. His name was Moses Powell, and he started a roofing company. My name is Tony Roke. Um, I am president of MW Powell Company. I'm seventh generation. The founder, Moses Powell, He hung up his shingle here in 1847, 10 years after the city was incorporated. Before there were the great Chicago institutions like Northwestern University or the famous cattle yards and Marshall Fields even, there was Moses Powell and his roofing company. And Tony is the seventh generation to work in the company. Think of that, seven generations. And he kind of hooked up with Sam Barrett, you know, Barrett Roofing Products. He was basically... Yeah, I guess an independent contractor for an installation of Barrett products. And then as time went on, shortly they became partners. They even had a business with Powell and Barrett. They shared the same office building. You know, Powell was advertising. You know, we installed Barrett products. So it's like kind of informally one of the first contractor applicator commitments out there. So they were doing a lot of Barrett materials back then. When Moses moved to Chicago in 1847, the city had a population near 25,000 people. With Moses hammering away for two decades, he and Barrett rode a tidal wave of Chicago expansion. 
By 1870, the city of Chicago had swelled to the nation's fifth largest city with nearly 300,000 people. Imagine all the wood lumber, wood shake shingles, and asphalt roofing in a tightly packed area to house that many people and their businesses. In 1871, Chicago experienced a severe drought. And on October 8th, a fire broke out in a barn at 137 DeCoven Street on the southwest side of Chicago. Strong southwesterly winds blew burning embers into the air, landing on neighboring roofs, igniting buildings. Communication errors and slow response time from the firefighters allowed more buildings to go up in flames. But surely, the south branch of the Chicago River would be a natural barrier to stop the spread. The problem was the winds gained strength and blew more burning debris north and east, high into the air, again landing on roofs across the river. And the fire then raged out of control through Chicago's business district. It would be more than 24 hours before rain would finally come into the area to naturally put out the flames which had destroyed a four-mile-long path of buildings, killing 300 people and left one-third of the city homeless. His offices burned down. Powell and Barrett's offices burned down. They were in the South Loop. They burned down. Um, Powell, by, at that time, you know, they drove trucks. They had stable of horses. Their horses and their stables were burned. Their equipment was burned. Moses Powell lost everything. So Powell and others, they kind of joined forces at that time. I mean, even pulling equipment by hand that helped rebuild the city. It was other like-minded contractors at that time. So that's how we got moving from the Chicago fire. Don't let this moment slip by. Powell lost everything except his will to rebuild. And he wasn't the only roofing company that lost equipment and office space. In order to rebuild their city, roofing companies needed to band together, help each other, and share with each other. As far as I can tell, the Chicago roofing culture is rooted in this moment. Good afternoon, I'm Bill McHugh, the executive director of the Chicago Roofing Contractors Association and also the Chicago Land Roofing Council. The Great Chicago Fire brought an opportunity where you know, wood buildings had burning brands fly off of the uh, wood structures, whether it's the sidewalk or the roofs, and catch the building next door to it on fire. The current flame spread, smoke developed, whatever you want to call them, spread of fame, intermittent flame, ASTM E108 UL790, finds its roots back to the Great Chicago Fire. You have heard him on some of our other episodes. Here is Rod Petrick of Ridgeworth Roofing in Frankfort, Illinois. After the Chicago fire, the city came back to the roofing contractors and said, how are we going to prevent this? And they went to Colonel Powell and, you know, they came out and, you know, let's let's look at putting gravel on roofs. Back then, that was a new idea, but their, their philosophy back then was rocks won't burn. And how are we going to protect these buildings so that as all cities, not just Chicago, but all cities, as they built up and the, the buildings became denser and denser, closer together, you know, they were, you know, as you look at it, they were probably starting to dabble in code work back then is, you know, how are we going to design a roof that will better protect the structure and the people that live in it? M.W. Powell actually invented and patented several systems 
way back in the 1870s, 1880s that helped with fire resistance, a, a modified built-up roof kind of assembly with tile on. What does the tile do? Provides a fire resistance. What's the built-up roof do that was invented here? Well, with gravel on top of it, it provides fire resistance. Not necessarily hourly rated fire resistance, but if a burning brand falls on it that's a, a certain size, it's not going to burn through the roof assembly and catch the rest of the building on fire. Paul came up with a system of doing four to six plies. He was combining rag felt with flax felt. And he was using a mastic to put them together and then he would gravel the mastic. It was an asbestos product, but they made it in cement, they put it in felts, they put it in the flax felts, they put it in a lot of other. He also did tile roofs, and there was also manufacturing tiles. But he thought he thought that two or three plies wasn't sufficient, so he, he, he developed specifications for four plies and six ply felts with gravel. And then he came up with the uh, fireproof roof, which had tile on it. Both of those systems were considered fireproof, but they weren't tested until a while later. He kept testing them. In fact, in 1885, the combination of composition roofing with flax and wool felts and tile was the first, first fireproof roof patent in the country. The uniqueness of Chicago roofing companies helping each other is sourced in banding together to rebuild after tragedy. No one wants to experience it. But tragedy has a way of bringing people together and ushering in improvements for the good of everyone. In this case, not just the people of Chicago, but the growing country. As Chicago began rebuilding, there was a problem Moses Powell encountered. Somebody was out there putting on roofs as M.W. Powell and he was getting the complaints. That story coming up. And the company Moses started is still being run by family seven generations later. We'll get to all that and more in a moment, but first. You know, in this industry, there are things you can control and things you can't. That's why it pays to have support from people you can trust to help solve your specific challenges and keep your jobs moving forward. The folks at ABC Supply are always ready to help contractors just like you, from project planning to creating custom solutions for problems you may be facing. When you go to ABC Supply, you're not only getting the materials you need from the nation's leading distributor, but also the personalized service and support you deserve from people in your community who thoroughly understand our industry and your business's unique needs. For 40 years, contractors have turned to ABC Supply to build their business one roof at a time. See for yourself what a partnership with ABC Supply can do for you. Visit abcsupply.com to find a location near you. Moses Powell moved to Chicago in 1847, began roofing, and experienced the massive building expansion of the city, only to have it destroyed by fire two decades later. He banded together with other roofing companies, shared tools, invented fireproof materials, and got to work helping rebuild the city of Chicago. It was during this rapid rebuilding period, Moses began experiencing a problem. Here again is Tony Roque, president of M.W. Powell Company. In 1883, he recognized issues with poor workmanship, poor business practices, just, just shoddy work in the industry. And, and in fact, somebody was out there putting on roofs as M.W. Powell Company, and he was getting the complaints. 
So he started getting other like-minded contractors who had a better sense of business and professionalism. They started meeting informally in his office in 1883 and continually up until uh, I think 86, they officially formed as the, the Gravel Roof Protection Association. That was in 1886 here in Chicago. And that was a precursor to the NRCA and even our, our local CRCA. Here again is Bill McHugh. You know, the impact of the MW Powell Company goes back to the formation of the association. Uh, M.W. Powell, Moses W. Powell, was always advocating for the right materials with the right workmanship in the 1840s to 1870s, before any of that was popular. And then took that to the association world and found a way to make sure that the technical part of the association was very important. Moses understood solutions to problems he and other companies like his faced could be found when they all came together to collectively solve them. We will get to the roofing associations Moses helped develop and their impact in the next episode. But I think it would be appropriate to take a moment now to give our appreciation for what Moses did to bring the roofing industry together in what would eventually become the National Roofing Contractors Association. That is an extraordinary legacy. Arguably more impressive is what he passed on to his family, his roofing company, and that they have kept it in the family for seven generations the M.W. Powell Company. I mean, he was from 47, and I think he died in like 08. So he was, until he passed away, he was immersed in for 50, almost 60 years. And then his brother took over from there for a short period. And then his son-in-law. In fact, his son-in-law, William Barber, he was the president of the company through the 20s. He passed away. And his wife and sister, they ran this company through the Depression. Women running the company through the Depression. Through the years, it was, um, you know, my great-grandfather, you know, then he had daughters, and then they married, and my uncle came in, and my dad came in, and then uh, ultimately I came in. The ownership names have changed, you know, the uh, Powell Lung Line, you know, they had daughters. And uh, like my dad wrote, married in, married to a Powell. Here is Rod Petrick again. There was always the family. They they keep the family in. And I, I think typical of most roofing companies, that family dynamic is what really helps is people continue to drive. They have the same philosophy that they have to succeed. And I think, you know, Tony has got seven generations before him that kind of laid that laid the road for him. It's just been fantastic to be able to watch and know the successes. Cause I can go back a couple generations of people that I know that have, you know, had the management position at Powell. They're celebrating 175 years. A 175-year-old company passed down through the family. This is incredible, seeing as most companies do not last more than two generations. Our podcast episode titled Four Generations of Success brings a lot of insight into how to pass down a company from one generation to another. But let's hear from Tony's daughter, Jessica, about her experiences growing up in the M.W. Powell Company family. At family parties, it wouldn't be roofing, roofing, roofing at first, but it would eventually evolve into shop talk, talking about different jobs, etc. For me, I kind of just thought that's how every family operated when I was young, that 
everybody's families worked together and had a business together, but that's how families operated. I have often heard people suggest keeping work life and home life separated. Jessica's memories of her family parties are interesting because that's how they generated sparks of curiosity in their children. She did also work for the family business, but now holds the position of associate director for the Chicago Roofing Contractors Association. We have three generations of families that have worked here, as a matter of fact, you know, father, grandfather, father, and son. Son's not working. So we do have a pretty tight-knit group. So we have to identify our, our um, next generation. You know, again, I got my, my nephew, I got my son, you know, my nephew, we are now working him in. Hopefully, no plan set, but hopefully, uh, we can continue with this family. You know, their families have exposed each generation to the roofing industry, to their company, to see if they're interested. And they did it at young ages. And I think that's part of it is it wasn't just a business. It was a family culture. It was a family business, a recognized family business. And the younger generation coming up, each one of them recognized it as a, as a good way to earn a living a good industry to be in, an attractive industry to be in, and a place where they thought they could make a difference. From Moses Powell and all he did to help build Chicago, not once, but twice, to Tony Roke and his brothers Joe and Steve, continuing the family legacy 175 years later, you have made a difference. Thank you for being extraordinary roofers. Chicago area roofers are unique with their friendly competitiveness and giving nature. I surmise this is because of the great Chicago fire. They locked arms and helped rebuild their city. And that culture of giving has been passed down through the generations. The question is, will it take a tragedy in your city for roofing companies to reach out to each other and lend a helping hand? I suppose that depends on you. Thank you to our guests who brought this story to life, Tony Roke, Rod Petrick, Bill McHugh, and Jessica Rowe. Next time, we will continue with our story of Moses Powell and the impact he had on the U.S. roofing industry. Fast forward another 15, 20 years, and who was the first president of the NRCA? Moses W. Powell. Now, we've had, uh, I think as many as three NRCA presidents from Powell, if you count Moses at the beginning. Family looked at the industry and said, we're better together. I look forward to bringing you that part of the story next time. We are always looking for more stories to tell of the great work being done in the roofing industry. Email me your story at stories at nrca.net. And if you enjoyed this episode and want NRCA to continue producing this content for you, do us a favor and share it with one person who needs to hear it and give it a rating in a podcast platform you are listening. Also, thank you to ABC Supply for making this podcast episode possible. Count on ABC Supply for the materials, knowledge, and service to make every job successful. Visit abcsupply.com to find a location near you. This episode was produced by Alex Wart for the National Roofing Contractors Association. I am your host, Jared Ribble, signing off. Be well, be safe, and be proud of this great industry.
You made it all the way to the end. Thank you and enjoy this quick bonus story. And then in the um, Chicago Fire was 1871. Coincidentally, it started the rumor by O'Leary's Cow, but it started on Coven Street, Chicago. Ironically, two years ago, that is now the uh, Fire Academy, Chicago Fire Academy, Quinn Fire Academy. We did, just did the roof on that about two years ago. So there's a little ironic twist there. <laughs> 